Welcome to another edition of Len's Burning Bush. I am Len Harvey. Before I bring on my guest, I want to talk about what's really burning my bush this week. So most people say they can't wait until November the 4th, and I am with you. I am with you, but it's more of an ulterior motive for me because you know what? Everything is always about me. And you know why? Political ads. I know I have said don't rush my summer and let every season play out, but I have just been done. I live in a kind of a political hotbed right now where there's so many, so many ads that are just on TV all the time. And I was expecting that, you know, with the political season to be on TV, but now they've infected my YouTube they have infected my YouTube. So if you've listened to some of my episodes, I am trying to learn how to ride a motorcycle. I've got some classes coming up, but I've been watching YouTube. And when I turn on the YouTube channel, it is just all over the place. So enough already with all of these ads. Why can't anyone also just run on their own merit anymore? They just bash each other. That's not what I want. They make me not want to vote for the other person. It's just unbelievable. No one ever says what they are going to do. And we also need to go back to the days when we all shut up about who we voted for. I would like to do that again. I don't need you to tell me on Facebook to vote either. You know what? We have the right to vote, which is wonderful. We also have the right not to vote. So remember that when you're just making sure you're bullying people to vote because it's, it's, it's enough already with that. Um, and then Facebook and Instagram. I don't care. You know, you keep sending me things that say, you know, are you registered to vote? I mean, enough. Facebook and Instagram are supposed to be fun, and it is not anymore. Nothing is fun. It is just telling me to vote. So stop what you're doing. We don't care who you're voting for. And also, I don't want to be registered to vote here and there. If I go to vote, that is my business, and that's what I will do. So before I go off on this, I want to bring on my guest for the week, she is a traffic reporter with Total Traffic, currently on AM 970 with the legendary Joe Piscopo. She hosted Meet the Leaders Cablevision, New Jersey, uh, intern for the legendary Rush, Rush Limbaugh. And I don't think she's given herself enough credit, the legendary Debbie Duhane. Debbie, how are you? I'm great, Len. How are you? It's such a pleasure to be with you today. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. How are you? Well, I'm wonderful. We've known each other, God, 20 years now. And um, one of the things I, I always loved about you is, you know, you're just so sweet all the time. And, and you know, we need sweet now. We really do. It's crazy, <laughs> right? With all this stuff. Yeah. Yes, I, that's that was the thing with the debates. I'm like, I I would like to see seeing a little bit more sweetness between the two candidates. Yes. Yeah, can't we all just get along? <laughs> can't we all just get along? That's what that's what. Yeah. I'm tired of it. It's and and with the political ads too. I mean, it just seems like whoever spends the most money usually wins, and it's just enough already with the ads. Every two minutes, another ad. It's one backed up with the other, and after a while, you're like, who is that? I don't even care anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I've always been one where I think that the candidate should be, like you said, talking about the issues that they are bringing up and bringing that forth and bringing their name out there rather than even mention the other person's name. Why give them airtime? Yeah. So, uh, you know, that's but then again, I'm not a political expert, but, um, you know, to me, that would make sense. You know, just tell the people what you believe in and what you're going to bring to the table and forget about the other person's name. Why give them any recognition, you know? Exactly. And you made a, a point in there, which I, I think people don't understand. Making sense. 
that is not going to happen, right? <laughs> making sense. I think that's where the that's where the biggest problem is, you know, making sense because I, I don't think that that really is an issue. So w- we know um, with the coronavirus, everything has been been crazy, right? So mm-hmm. one of the things, and of course, you know, with the debate the other night, um, the political drinking game uh, that was going on. So the Americans apparently, there's an article that they had to do. So this is, you know, because everybody needs to work. They had an article that was written that Americans over 30 have been drinking more during the coronavirus. Mm. No kidding. Really? I mean, (laughs) I really needed an article to tell me that more people are drinking. They say, listen to this, the overall frequency of alcohol consumption increased by about 14% from January 2019, which I think is pretty low. Um, And the increase averages out to about one additional drinking day a month for about 75% of adults. Now, I would say that's low, but it, I don't know why you had to do a full article of, of it. Um, it's, it's interesting that heavy drinking among women increased by 41%. So these are, these are studies, right? Nearly one in mm-hmm. 10 women or 39% reported an increase in alcohol-related problems as well. So I don't know where this was going. I just know that I didn't need an article to tell me that. I knew everybody mm-hmm. was drinking because I'm drinking. Well, this explains the quarantine 15. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of uh, empty calories going down the old hatch there, and uh, that will explain the quarantine 15. Me, the quarantine 15 is just extra chocolate because I'm not a <laughs> drinker, but <laughs> but I know that, um, you know, I think some people are getting depressed yeah. because maybe they're not working uh, or they're not working their regular hours or they're home and they're not out with people. And um, I really think it has a lot to do with people being a little bit depressed and they they think that it's going to make them feel better, although alcohol is a depressant and in the long run, it's worse for you. Um, but I, I have a feeling it has something to do with that, you know, uh, not that I know, but um, I, I'm, I'm wondering if that could, ha- you know, can contribute to this uh, issue. Well, I would think you're probably right in, in the fact that you just killed my whole drinking habit, so I'm going to stop now. I'm not going to drink anymore because you told me, like, I, I, I'm just depressing myself. So I, I just, I, I just enjoy the fact that you know I have a little bit more to drink um, and we have a good time. So that's the- no, no, anything in moderation, as my grandma would say, yes. anything in moderation is perfectly fine. I love to have a nice glass of red wine with dinner uh, if I'm on vacation. It's just when it becomes excessive is when there's a concern. Yeah, you every- know if you're you know, overdoing it, as they say, you're waking up in a stupor from the night before, you know, drinking, like, that's not a good sign, Len. (laughs) No, no, it's not a good sign. And I always like to say in my 20s, I would go out maybe four nights a week. And in my 50s, I go out one night and recover those four nights. So it's kind of the same thing, right? I mean, that's kind of what what happens when you party a little bit too much. uh, Now, it's hard to get get up. But I don't, I don't do that as much. Uh, I'm just teasing, but it's, um, <laughs> it is kind of, uh, it is kind of interesting, but I, I like the chocolate idea because of course, Halloween's coming up and we had yes. an episode uh, that they were putting on Halloween candy in August. And it's probably for people like you that want to eat chocolate earlier, right? That's what <laughs> it is. Listen, I, this is, I blame on my other grandma, my grandma from England. She always brought us Cadbury's from England when she would come over to visit and, um, you know, uh, I basically got addicted to Cadbury bars. And I'm like, Grandma, you know, this this is why I love chocolate so much. Every time I want chocolate, I'm like, this is my grandma's fault. <laughs> <laughs> well, Grandma <laughs> is right. <laughs> <laughs> nothing like some good chocolate. Nothing like that, Len. Nothing. <laughs> no. I don't think I've had a Cadbury egg in a long time. I used to love oh. the Cadbury egg. So 
Oh, yeah. And truthfully, the ones in England taste better than the ones here. I guess it's something to do with where they're made. And um, I don't know what it is. When you're in England and you have a Cadbury Flake or a Cadbury Bar, they are just so delicious. And they are definitely different. They taste better in England. I don't know exactly why, but they really do. You've got to go to England okay. and try the Cadbury bars, okay? So one of, <laughs> one of the main reasons I want to go to England, I went to Germany last year um, in Munich, okay. and, I, and I drank uh, the beer there, and it was, it was tremendous. Okay. So I got to say, I got to, go to, I got to go to England. Um, I'm not really that familiar with, with kippers and eggs and those type of things, but I certainly can do the, uh, the fish. Um, I certainly can do chip, you know, fish and chips because mm-hmm. I like that. So well, I'm, we yeah. we yeah, go ahead. No, I, I just I, I think I can enjoy any type of food, so why not? Mm-hmm. Well, we had we grew up with beans on toast. Uh, my mom's British, and that's a very very British and Irish thing having beans on toast, especially on a Sunday morning with eggs. So you'd have to try the beans on toast. Just absolutely delicious. Uh, the Heinz ve- vegetarian beans on toast, really yummy, and that's like that's like very famous in, in London and England. You would absolutely love it. Well, it, so, it's, it sounds good. I'm just wondering how the beans actually fit on the bread. It just seems like it would oh, well, go you, off. You make toast. You make okay. the toast. You heat up the beans, put a little butter on. Oh, it's so good. Oh, it's just such a, you know, I grew up with it, so to me it's just absolutely the best. So these are the so. things we learn on Lens Burning Bush. We learn how to make <laughs> beans on toast. See, this is, the, this is why we do this, right, Debbie? I mean, yeah. <laughs> it is just, this is a very British thing. Anybody who's British or Irish background, they will definitely know about beans on toast. Well, <laughs> we have a couple of listeners that uh, have downloaded from the UK and also in Germany, so maybe they'll figure it out and we'll, uh, oh, we'll get know. it. So they'll know. Now they'll I know need to short. now I need mm-hmm. to make sure that they understand. We got to do the beans on toast reference. So look at see, yeah, I learned from my to, guests as well. This is great. <laughs> yeah, if you go to a pub in England on a Sunday morning. You, you know, you order your eggs, your beans on toast, you know, you, you get the whole thing. It's just absolutely amazing. You've got to go to one of the pubs in England for this, too. Besides the beer, besides the beer, okay. you got to try the uh, the British breakfast. Really well, yummy. Well, I am going to go to, to England uh, soon. I mean, you know, I'll, I'll good, figure good, something do out. It. I am going do to... It. <laughs> So interesting. But I am going to Vegas next week. Uh, we are uh, going to try to do uh, 50% of Vegas is still better than 50% of nothing. So I'm going to try to yes. do that. So Good I'm, for you. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to do something. It's a 25th anniversary, uh, Susan and I. So we're going uh, to Las Vegas, a little time at the Bellagio, a little time getting uh, the Bloody Mary at the blackjack table at 6 in the morning. Nice. But, you know, those type of things. So Nice. Happy anniversary to well, you and your wife. Thank Wonderful. You, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Um, Wonderful. You know, with this, also with this COVID thing, we've had some weird things happen, right? I mean, oh, I just yeah. saw an article, and I'm sure you saw this. This happened in New York on Thursday, uh, later, earlier this week. And it happened, uh, Rick Moranis was apparently mm. punched by an yeah, unknown assailant. Who's punching yeah. Rick Moranis? I mean, apparently, the assailant fled... And Moranis suffered back, hip, neck, and uh, head pain. Through although the extent of his injuries are not clear, he took himself to the hospital. Later, went to police to report the incident. And uh, Moranis's uh, representative Troy Bailey said in a written statement on Friday that Moranis was assaulted on the Upper West Side. He is fine, but grateful for everyone's thoughts and well wishes. Police described the incident as random, unprovoked assault of Rick Moranis. And, and- no, 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 there has to be a there. There has to be a reason for this because uh, this happens here and there. Like you'll see somebody randomly run up and punch like a ninety-year-old lady, and they have this on video. And you're thinking, 
Who does this? So I'm thinking there are a lot of people out there who are mentally ill and that are not being treated or they um, have drug issues and they're not being treated because who in their right mind would just go up and punch somebody and just walk away? It, it's just absolutely unreal that this type of thing is happening. I know. And like I said, I mean, I just found it weird to be Rick, you know, Rick Moranis, especially why, why him, yeah. you know, that just, yeah, I know. I know. Why him? The poor guy. I mean, he, he was <laughs> in Ghostbusters. If you didn't like Ghostbusters, he's, he's been in other <laughs> movies. You can watch him in other movies. I mean, uh, what was the giants, the mighty giant little, uh, the movie about football where he was the coach with Ed O'Neill. I can't remember that I one. I mean, yeah. If you don't like his movies, you don't beat him up over it. Exactly. You know? <laughs> There's plenty of people you'd you'd want to beat up because of their movies, but it would, Rick Moranis <laughs> would not be one of them, I wouldn't think. <laughs> Definitely not. He's, <laughs> I, he's good. <laughs> well, here's it's kind unbelievable, of... unbelievable, though, yeah. that this, this type of thing is happening. I, unbelievable. I, I know, but that's what we're living in right now. It's just the craziness. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody says, you know, 2020, it's just been one of those craziest years, and uh, because of the COVID, everybody's getting a little bit, and now we're getting, you know, somewhat of a second wave, it looks like. And I didn't know the first wave went away. It seemed like it's not really gone away. But uh, people say now it's a second wave. But we'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see how that goes. But I've got kind of a, a different kind of story, which I wanted to tell you about. And this is kind of heartwarming. And I don't usually get into the heartwarming because I always like to do the funny. But this is right. kind of an interesting story. So apparently um, earlier last week, a man, uh, Ethan Anderson is his name. He shared a picture of an old bucket of baseballs. Now, you mm-hmm. wouldn't have thought anything of it, right? On that bucket of old baseballs was a note written by his grandfather. Now, the oh. grandfather apparently used to throw batting practice to him and his um, his son as well, right, at the batting cages. So mm-hmm. all he did was he left the bucket with a note on it. Now, it is one of the saddest things, so I hope, you know, again, I'll try to post this on my site as well, but it, it makes you start thinking, right? So mm-hmm. here's the note. It says, hope someone can use some of these baseballs in the batting cages. I found them cleaning my garage. I pitched them to my son and grandson for countless rounds. My son is now 46 and my grandson is 23. I am 72 and what I won't give to pitch a couple of buckets to them. They have both moved away. If you're a father, cherish these times. You won't believe how quickly they will be gone. God bless. And it says, P.S. Give them a hug and tell them you love them every chance you get in 2020, which is saying a lot. Now, I hope you're not crying, Debbie, but this oh, wow. this reminds me of, of the Cats in the Cradle and the Silver Spoon, you know, the yes. song. And, it really does. Now that yeah. you mentioned it, it really does, Len. Wow. And, and, and it's, it's interesting that this came up because uh, earlier this week was the National Sons Day or whatever. There's so many national days. I'm going to hold you a whole episode on that. Um, mm-hmm. coming up because there's so many national days, but there was a <laughs> national, yeah, there was a national sun's day recently. And I posted a picture of my son and I, uh, it was, uh, it's interesting cause it was 12 years ago. I coached uh, baseball for about nine years with him and uh-huh. this was 2008. We had just lost in the championship game, uh, in the tournament. And I gave the kids the opportunity to walk around with the trophy. You know, it's second place, but still, you know, it's the trophy. They walked around. They're taking pictures. They're doing everything. And Steven comes to me in his, you know, little voice and says, Dad, can you take a picture with me with the trophy? I swear that was my field of dreams moment where you want to have a catch. It's like that is my favorite parent moment. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and I always bust around that, you know, parenting is hard and it is certainly hard. You know that. Uh, but that kind of makes you, you know, like that, that works. 
that makes you feel good and uh, that type of thing. And I understand where the grandfather is coming from because my son is 20 years old now. And, right. you know, we're getting to do different things. Though. So that's the thing that is kind of nice. You get to do different things with your kid. I told them next year, I'm going to take him to Vegas for his 21st birthday. So there are things that you can do now that you wouldn't have been able to do before. But I understand this, this whole, um, you know, pitching to your grandson and your son, and now he doesn't mm-hmm. have much mm-hmm. to do. So I guess he's a little upset at that. So. Well, maybe he can volunteer and work with young people in the area. I'm something like that. You can get your fulfillment by volunteering um, for something in your community. There are so many ways to, you know, feel so great uh, and contribute. I know right now it's kind of weird because of COVID, but once this uh, COVID passes, um, volunteering with young people in the community is just an absolutely amazing way to to contribute to help them. Like, And all the great things that this man did with his son and grandson he will be able to influence maybe some kid that's looking for a father or grandfather figure. So, I mean, there's always a way to continue that that uh, amazing gift of uh, giving, giving love, you know? Yeah, no. And I, it'll come back. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think you're right. I think it's important to do stuff like that now, especially everybody just needs, all we just need, Bebby, we just need a hug, don't we? I mean, isn't that what it's all about? <laughs> I need Don't, a hug. We need a hug. I need a hug. Yes, I need a hug. See? And you know, it's funny because I can't even hug my son anymore. No. I can't hug my parents. I can't hug my brothers and sisters. You're like, wait a minute. I want to hug my nieces and nephews. You're like, hi. You have to wave to them when you see them, you know? And I'm like, oh, this is really tough, you know? So, uh, and, you is. know, hopefully we'll be able to hug our loved ones again soon, right? Well, I would hope so. I mean, this is, you know, going on <laughs> a little bit too long. I think either uh-huh. put put the mask on and hug him. I don't know if that's going to help you, but I guess you can't do that either, right? If if you have and the mask. You know, when you, and when you talk about baseball and your son, I know, like, even with my son, I used to actually keep scoring the dugout. You're bringing back some amazing memories for me because now my son, of course, is a grown man. And, uh, you know, I used to keep scoring the dugout, and I'd yeah. throw the pop flies to the guys to warm them up before the game. And that time with your kid is so precious. And it does go by so quickly. So um, anybody with young children, you know, enjoy, enjoy it because you know, you, you uh, blink your eyes and they're grown up. You know, it really is true. Well, you know, and, and like I said, with, you know, coaching them every year, I saw them grow up. And I remember in 2018 when all of the kids graduated high school, I remembered, you know, posting a picture of all of them when they were little. And, you know, showing them now at high school level. But one of the things I tried to tell the kids, which, you know, they don't understand, you know, they got an old guy telling, telling them things. But one of the <laughs> things, you know, they don't understand is I, I used to take them every opening day and I used to go to the mound and bring them all in, all the, all the, all the fielders, everybody into the infield and say, mm-hmm. you know, look at this. I said, take a look at what's going on right now. You're outside. It's, you know, it was a gorgeous day. It was opening day. And mm-hmm. you're just sitting there and you're playing a, bi- a game, right? And you're just enjoying it. I said, please enjoy this now because what I would give right now to, like that 72-year-old that man, what I would give right now to be playing with you instead of mm-hmm. just coaching would be, you know, right. great. And I wish I was younger to do it. It, it is one of those things where um, I don't think they realize it, but, you know, I think, you know, even my son now will love to go back because I would just love to go back to being, I had an episode, one of my best episodes was with my four, with the four of us, my childhood friends called Back in My Day. 
and we just mm-hmm. go on and on about the things we used to do in the neighborhood and playing, you know, games and baseball and outside and, you know, no, you know, we didn't sit there and play video games all day. And we went out right. and actually, you know, had a good time and we played because you blink and now, you know, you're in your fifties and it's, you know, life is hard. <laughs> it's nice to go back to being a kid, you know, if, it's, <laughs> Yeah, it's nice. And it's nice that you have those childhood friends that you are in touch with. I mean, that's fantastic. So you can relive those memories, you know? Absolutely. And and I still talk to them this day. Matter of fact, I think they're texting me in the background about some kind of trip they wanted to do. Um, unfortunately, I'll be going to Vegas when they're doing their trip. But it's uh, oh, it, darn. <laughs> it is kind of it is fun to, to just be part of it. it. It is interesting to see how uh, when people age and how it is. But friendships, you know, one of those things I always like to say is you 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 um don't get a chance to uh, you pick you know your family obviously that you're you're but you don't you pick your friends and and that's one yeah. of the things you don't pick your family you pick your friends and mm-hmm. the fact that you can have friends that are 40 year you know 40 year friendships it's it's a lot and that's what I was trying to build with the whole baseball thing you know having the kids play together and hopefully you know when they look back 20 years from now and they say wow I was part of that it, it is quite uh, quite exciting to do so that's just mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's just my take on the baseball. I like that you you did the same thing. You kept the score in the dugout. It's fun to to do that. Um, it's uh, now I do high school football play by play, and I watch all the high school kids. And you know, one of the sad things is senior year when it's your last game, you may never play football again. You know, and it's mm-hmm. just kind of a you go through that situation when you're playing since you're seven, and then all of mm-hmm. a sudden you're 18 years old. You know, it only goes downhill from here. You become an adult. <laughs> No, no, life just takes different avenues. I know I covered high school baseball and football games for a few years, and um, I would interview the players after the games, and I absolutely love that too. And and their excitement level at that age when they're in high school and playing, and the games are just filled with so much excitement, you know. And it's true, once they go on to the college level, all of a sudden it's, okay, you got to clamp down and, and study now unless you're going to go into that high, high level of sports which um, I think only a small percentage of people go on to, you know, play, you know, football in college and baseball because that's got to be so competitive, I would imagine, you know? It is, and, and, and it's just crazy competitive, and it's hard to uh, do. One of the things I talked with uh, the coach of uh, the high school team that I do the games with, I said that you have ruined me for Sunday football. And what I mean by that is when you watch a high school game, it is so pure. The kids mm-hmm. just, you know, they, they're following the directions. They're doing what they're supposed to do. They're having a great time doing it. And there's not, there's, there's celebration, of course, but it's, it's, it's done in a nice way. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I've always said that there's too much, you know, people celebrate, you know, it's a four, they're, um, they're down 36 to nine and the guy makes a tackle and, uh, you know, he's jumping up and down. It's like, go sit down. You know, you made a tackle, <laughs> it's, you know, but, but in, in high school, you don't see that as much. It's just such a nicer it's the way the game was intended to play, and and Sunday football, uh, especially in your area now, has become an atrocity. Um, well, don't even talk about yeah, it, Captain ex- I know that's what I'm saying. I, I don't mean to be. I mean, it, it, it's 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 awful. It's painful. It's painful, Lad. It's painful. I mean, I'm a Jets fan, you know, and I like the Giants too, and it's just been painful, you know. We're just hoping that. 
you know, Darno and, you know, we'll be able to, like, step it up. And also that the defense can step it up and the offensive line, everything, you know. But, you know, it is what it is, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I really believe that sometimes it has something to do with the company, right, with the, with the ownership, with – you know, it, you look at certain companies. Yeah, Maybe with the, the coach. Yeah, well, well, Gase, I would have never hired him. But, 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 but the point <laughs> is, is like you look at organizations that some always succeed and some always fail, and right. and you wonder why that is. It's got it has something to do with the stink of losing, right? You got to get mm-hmm. somebody at the top that is that is doing things differently and uh, successful, and you know, success just you you just you know, you get somebody at the top that's been successful and you bring that in like a Bill Belichick, obviously, you know, he continues, he's amazing, amazing, right? He continues to find ways to, uh, Mm -hmm. to get his team doing. And you look at, you know, we have the same situation in the Cincinnati area with the Bengals. Uh, you know, you just, they've been struggling. Yep. Yeah. And it's, it has, it has more to do with, with, cause you know, you get Joe Burrow in and Joe Burrow went to LSU and he's, you know, won a national championship, the Heisman, and he comes to Cincinnati and now he's Oh, three and one, you know, Oh, two and one, whatever. And you, you, you lose more games in, in, in the NFL than he did in his entire college career. And it, it's, yeah. it, it really, you know, and you look at Darnold, you're like, did the Jets ruin him? You know, he was a good player, but organizations, I think, are the cause of more of the losing because it's not a coincidence that, you know, the Cleveland Browns haven't won and, the, and the, it is not a coincidence that the, the Jets haven't won and the, and the Bengals and all that. You look at the teams that consistently, the Raiders, you know, maybe they're on the right path now with, uh, with Gruden, but... I think oh, yeah. I think that you look at the organizations, look at the Steelers. They consistently they don't win Super Bowls all the time, but they're consistently pretty damn good, right? And yeah. that's what you have to look at, like the Patriots, and it's kind of that way. And now you know, so oh, yeah, yeah. But that's even the Yankees. Even the Yankees. Yeah. I mean, even when they have a bad year, they're always in it. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's just like they're ne- they're never out of it. You know. So it's just, it is pretty amazing. It really is. So the moral of the story, boys and girls, is is go work for a company that you believe in and that is is going in the right direction, right? You know, <laughs> like a Google or whatever, the Microsoft, Apple, those companies are Amazon. They seem to know what they're doing, I would imagine. Yeah, just do the homework. Yep, do the homework. Yep. 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 And yep. I'm sorry about the Reds. I'm sorry about the Reds, yeah. right? They weren't able to move on. Yeah, they couldn't even score a run in the postseason. But what are you going to do? I mean, that's just the way uh, you know, it is. Oh, and I've been out to a couple of Reds games, you know, and, uh, you know, it's a great ballpark that you guys have and everything. And that that was I was really rooting for them because they they you know, they um, they haven't done a lot, you know, either when it comes to championships. So I was kind of rooting. I mean, not lately, at least, you know, No, the 70s and and, and, and 1990 going back. They were okay. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's that's exactly right. But you're right about the Yankees. You look at the the Mets. I mean, everybody says, well, the Yankees are the evil empire because they spend the most money. And they don't always spend the most money. I mean, the Mets have had, you know, other before the Bernie Madoff situation, they had money to spend just like the Yankees. I mean, they had their mm-hmm. own sports network. And I mean, it's not like the Mets are a poor organization, you know. Now, now, right. hopefully with, with Stephen Cohen, is it, uh, owning the Mets? Yeah, they have the, the, Mets new, the Mets new owner. Yeah, Steve Cohen. Yeah, yeah. he'll be a... He'll be starting, and the, the hopefully that's going to – well, you know how we, we are always optimistic as fans. Hopefully this is going to be a whole new chapter, and, you know, it, it will be. So let's hope for the best. I've know? heard that before, but I, I, <laughs> but I think you might <laughs> be right. Wait till next year. Wait till Wait next, til next year. <laughs> they've been saying that here uh, for a long time, and I and I actually have heard a rumor, uh, Debbie. I don't know if you've heard this, yeah. but um, that uh, the Yankee general manager 
uh, might be going the way of Steve Cohn, that he would figure out a way to to uh, to uh, get him over there instead. Maybe that oh. would help. I don't know. Well, maybe you know, maybe that would uh, you know, maybe that would help. I mean, throughout the years, the Mets and Yankees have shared a couple of great talents. You know, Yogi Berra, Joe Torre. You know, there have been uh, you know guys that have been on both sides. You know, and hey, listen, I'll take a little Yankee magic. That'll Why not? Help. <laughs> Why not? Why not? We need we need a little magic. Um, we'll take it. We'll take it. Yeah. Debbie, since since we're doing this podcast, we want you know everybody that comes on. I want to you know if you got to promote anything or you want to uh, if they can uh, find you anywhere. How would they uh, go about doing that? Go ahead. Well, my Instagram is just Debbie Duhame Traffic. It's D U H A I M E Traffic. Um, you know, um, promoting anything, I would say that if you ever want to help out with a great cause, I'm on the board for the New Jersey State Organization of Cystic Fibrosis. We have an awesome golf outing every year. It helps families dealing with cystic fibrosis. And also, um, I volunteer for Good Counsel Homes. They're homes for unwed moms in New York and New Jersey. And uh, that's goodcounselhomes.org if anybody would like to check out um, either of those charities. They're fabulous charities. Uh, the New Jersey State Organization of Cystic Fibrosis or Good Counsel Homes. So, um, yeah, you know, just um, that's the only things I could think of to promote uh, any kind of charity work is uh, – you know, get they get the information out there. You never know who you might be able to reach, right? That's absolutely, and and uh, you make me feel like I'm not such a good person after talking to you. So, <laughs> oh, you're a wonderful person, Len. I've known you for a long time. Oh, you're thank fabulous. You. Oh, well, I mean, I remember when I was out in Cincinnati, and then I went to visit you. I had such a nice afternoon, you know. Well, and with our mutual friend Diana, and oh, that was just such a fun afternoon visiting with you and your wife and your family, you know. So, uh, yeah, just, uh, you know, it's it's just so great to keep friendships going through the years, too, isn't it? Absolutely. And this is why I do this. I love to keep in touch with everybody. The guests each week, it just keeps, gets better and better. And it's just like an all-star cast to think about all the people that we worked with uh, throughout all the years and certainly 20, oh, yeah. you know, more than 20 years ago. Well, you can like uh, Lens Burning Bush on Facebook at Lens Burning Bush. Follow Lens Burning Bush on Twitter. You can listen on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. Podbean, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and now, Debbie, you can ask Alexa, say, Alexa, play Lens Burning Bush, and she will play you the latest episode of Lens Burning Bush, which will, uh, this week will be yours, so you might as well do that, you might as well do that, you know, we got about 20, yeah, 26 states, District of Columbia, we have listeners, as I mentioned, in the UK and Germany, Um, you know, it it is uh, one of those things where I enjoy doing it, but again, I started it for me. Um, but oh, it's nice that people great. do like it. So, well, I'm glad we got to. Th- you know, I was born in London, so I'm really glad we got to talk about beans on toast oh, and cabbage course too. I love it. I mean, that was a real treat for me to have these great memories with my grandma. You know. <laughs> well, who would have thought? See, these are the things that come out in Lens Burning Bush that you know you never do. I mean, there was an episode where I told people that I use summer cologne by Calvin Klein all year round, and you know you tell <laughs> stories about things you don't do. But anyway, thanks everyone. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Debbie Duhame. You're wonderful as always. I'm Len Harvey. We'll be back again with another episode of Lens Burning Bush next week. So long.